Hey everybody, I'm Zoe. And I'm Chandi. And welcome back to Bound by the Cloak, Minisode 2, Legends and Lore. I like that name. <laughs> really? Because I don't think it's that creative, but that's cool. Thank you. On the last Minisode, we discussed urban legends and lore and the stories behind them. We scoured the internet looking for more urban legends, and we even asked you guys to tell us about some of the legends and lore that you know, and you guys came through. So we present to you part two of Legends and Lore. On the last minisode, we discussed legends and lore from all over. A few of the legends we discussed, like the Goatman, and other weird cryptids. Well, they were of interest to you guys, so we asked you for more stories, and you guys delivered. We also got in touch with Tex Wesson of Trinity Paracryptid Research. They are boots-on-the-ground researchers that have had multiple cryptid encounters. They do field investigations, and they talk to other researchers. Tex is known for his podcast, Tex's Front Porch and his team hosts a number of other shows weekly. So we had a good discussion with Tex about his encounters with cryptids. So yeah, without further ado, let's talk to Tex. Uh, the dope man phenomenon is not just nationwide, but worldwide. You know, we, really? we get reports. Yeah, we get reports from all over. Of course, with me down here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, it started. I grew up with the Goat Man, the Lake Worth Goat Man, and okay. what sets that apart by most reports is there were like sixty witnesses, really, at one time, and some wow. of them were police officers. Wow, that's yeah, that is that is really different then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they were at a, there was a bunch of teenagers partying down to the lake. And the cops had, sh you know, shown up and everything. And then this thing made an appearance, basically walked out, walked out of the woods, basically screamed and threw a tire about, I think it was 200 feet or something like that. So that's, yeah, I was going to say, we need to know what this thing looks like. Yeah. Well, supposedly <laughs> there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different descriptions of him. Some people say he has scales on his legs like a fish um the body of a man except harry and the head of a goat but um we think after doing some research and everything and um we think it's probably a sasquatch that they saw okay okay but and it was um according to it was it was like white so oh right okay yeah but yeah and it, it also attacked another either couple or, or it was maybe four people in a car and actually left gouges in, in, in the fender of the car. What? So yeah. how long has this thing been seen? Like when do the first sightings date back to? No, this was the, that big sighting. And and well, it was in the late sixties, early seventies. It's been going on for decades. So yeah, it's, and then if you go wow. just north of Fort Worth, 
there's what they call the Goatman Bridge, and there's yeah. been sightings there. And then there's also been sightings in Dallas too. And it's what we found interesting is they seem to travel the sightings. They seem to track down the Trinity River Basin, and okay, that falls into with what we've been seeing as far as Sasquatch goes, that they use the rivers basically as highways because okay they can even travel through cities and not be seen because you know you, a lot of times you'll have the rivers and then they'll go and then on the banks of the river you'll have basically a green belt you know here in texas this thing can you know there'll be miles of forest that these things can just walk through and never be seen you know so it, it's I always laugh when people tell me, well, something this big can't hide and not be seen. Well, I was a tanker in the Army. I could hide a 51-ton tank in a stand of trees. Yes, big things can hide and you cannot see them. What kind of evidence do you find in your research? We've got photographic evidence. We've got footprints hair really audio i mean you know it's it, it <laughs> we've got enough evidence to take sasquatch to court and put him in prison <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's but not enough to prove that he's real that that's the to thing like it seems like it's a long standing standing like legend of you know the fort worth area so how old you how old were you when you first heard about it i remember the whole goat man thing being in elementary school and hearing about it i remember swapping stories with you know with my my friends in elementary school about the goat man and stuff in lake Worth. so i grew up hearing about this stuff you know and but it was i believed it you know and and then you go through a as you get older I don't know, that answer kind of dropped off, you know, and you get you get interested in girls, you got more important things to do. <laughs> and uh, then at 16, my life changed because I had an encounter. And wow, so you really had your own personal encounter. Yeah, and I had I wished it was with a Sasquatch, but it wasn't. It was a dog man. A dog man. Yeah. Wow. W was this in in Texas? Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, about an hour west of Fort Worth. We we moved okay. out of out of town and we moved out in the country. Twelve years old, I would take a can of beans, my dog, and a tent, and I'd go. Hey, I'm going to be out here. I'll see y'all in a couple of days. That's how it was, you know? And honestly, of course, I think you're safe throughout the woods and you are <laughs> going downtown. But um, so that was normal for me because my our nearest neighbor was half a mile away, you know, because everybody owned these big tracts of land. And there was folks out there that owned these huge ranches with thousands of acres. And That's great. Yeah. The, thing about it is when the way we grew up you went and got permission from these people 
be on their property. Well, you were, but it was kind of a trade-off because you were their eyes and ears right. on parts of their property they didn't necessarily go to all the time. I'm walking down a white gravel road that bordered our place. Okay. And I was just about to jump the fence and make a beeline for the house, you know, take a shortcut across the pasture. This thing come out of my I come out of the brush on my left hand side, about 25 feet away, and ran across the road in front of me, dove over our barbed wire fence and into the long tall grass. Okay. The image that I have frozen in my head, and I it's it's the image that I draw when I when I'm asked to draw it. It's the image that I draw. He he's in mid-stride and he's got his head turned and he's growling at me. And sorry, I, I get I get goosebumps every time I talk about this. But um, it, uh, he was what I thought then he was about, he was taller than I was. And I thought he was about six and a half feet tall for years. And then a buddy of mine and was at, was at work and we was talking about this. And he goes, well, how tall was this critter, you know? And I said, well, Mike, he wasn't no taller than, than doorways right there. And he puts <laughs> his hand on my chest. And this is a big guy. He puts his hand on my chest. He goes, Text those are eight foot doors. So, <laughs> so he was probably about seven and a half feet tall. I missed him by probably about a foot. And uh, he was black, hair, you know, covered in hair, but not real thick hair. It was kind of stringy, but it was about like it hung off his forearms about down to here, but you could see the skin underneath. Okay. And Jeez. <laughs> it had, yeah, that's... he had like almost streaks of white or silver in it every once in a while, you know? And then on his head, starting like right behind his, like at his ear line. What we now know are believed to be like a muscled hump. And that's what I thought was a mane because I just thought it was real thick hair, but like you'll see on a, uh, like a grizzly between their shoulders, his, he was barrel chested, but he, he would narrowed at the hips. He was, he was very muscular. His thighs were huge and he had the arms and hands of a human. Um, human-esque let me put it that way i you know i don't know much about the dog man where has the dog man like i guess what area um is that sort of centered in there we're we get reports nation well worldwide of this phenomenon okay um there's been there's been attacks there's been fatalities um we're looking into a case right now um not far from where i had my encounter about well as a crow flies probably about 30 miles which in the scope of things that's not that far right and it's a mysterious death because this guy took a shortcut through the woods that he always took to go to work right he went missing they found him the next day his throat was ripped out not cut ripped out and there were scratches on the body. Sounds like you had, yeah, a, a lot of experiences and, and just 
a lot of tales to tell. I mean, how how big is your team? You've got me, you got Jason. Um, I have a remote viewer um, that lives in Georgia, and she's also a paranormal and okay. a Bigfoot um, researcher, uh, Jessica Jones. Okay. And my three trackers. So that's seven of us. And then um, Randy is our paranormal pet guy. So there's eight of us. So, okay. you know, and there's also a paranormal team that we work with quite a bit. It's a mother and daughter team. And uh, okay. so if we had got everybody together and then there's, oh, I know I've got Kristen too. And then Bob, but so there's, there's about 15 of us if we all got together, but we don't all get together That's at one time, you know, it's just yeah. a couple of us would get together and go out and stuff like that. So, and then right. I got Rob up in Michigan, Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob, he's, um, he had a Bigfoot encounter and he lives in Michigan. He's actually a co-host on my channel, but I think if you could tell us, um, um, your group and, and the work you do and you know, the name of it and the channel's called Texas front porch, T E X apostrophe S front porch, because it's my front porch. And we do right currently we do five shows a week. Um, we have Mondays, we have flagship Texas front porch Mondays at 6 30 PM central. And then on, well, on Tuesday nights, Jason does untold radio over uh, Doug Hodgett's channel. Um, and then Wednesdays we have Jason McLean questions, everything at 9 PM central. And he does. He does question anything. That's where you get your. Then Thursdays at noon, we've got brunch with Bigfoot Michigan Rob. And Thursday nights, we've got Jason does serial papers, which that deals more of the biblical view of things. And then Friday nights, we've got Jessica Jones, and she does remote viewing investigations. Yeah. So that's what we've got. That's our, that's our, and we're out on Facebook, you know. So you can always find us on Odyssey Radio, iHeartRadio, Rumble, Spotify, you know, the whole thing. So Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tex. No, nah, no problem. So yeah, since we scoured the internet and looked for a bunch of posts and comments from people about local legends or legends that they heard of or had an interaction with personally let's just get into it let's do it so one reddit user posted i mean i'm from new jersey so the devil's tree and the gates of hell were really big stories more local as in i could walk there would probably have to be the grave of mary ellis in the local movie theater parking lot it used to be a U.S. Highway 1 flea market, but when they tore that down and built the AMC movie theater, they regraded the parking lot, and now she's a seven-foot-high parking spot. The Looking Glass wrote the song Brandy about her, so they wrote the song about Mary Ellis. So as you guys already know, I'm from New Jersey. Chandi lives in New Jersey, like we're both in New Jersey. So I know exactly where that grave is. I know that movie theater. 
It's a pretty local movie theater. And yeah, basically there's parking all around the theater. And in that back parking lot, there is like this like high pile of like earth. There's a wrought iron gate and there is a gravestone wow. that's like seven feet off the ground in the middle of the parking lot in the in the back of the movie theater. So yeah, that that Mary Ellis thing is that that's 100 percent legit. And I think the story is that she well, this is what I've heard. So she was like in love with a sailor or something like that. Or some guy who, you know, some guy who worked on boats, ships or whatever back in the day. And there's a river. And so she would go to the river every day to see if he was coming back, like basically to wait for him to come back from him sailing. And he never came back. And I think at the time she was also like living with her sister and there was like a farmland. So they had farmland right where the movie theater is. And she died. She was buried on the property. All the, you know, like owners of the property since she passed away they've never like moved the grave right they've always left it there um yeah it's pretty much it i don't know if there's anything else to it i don't think she like haunts the theater (laughs) um but yeah the devil tree well devil's tree in bernard's shonda you heard about that one right yeah yeah and also just going back to um the uh, mariella story i was like Zoe's going to know about this. I mean, she knows everything in New Jersey. (laughs) Um, Yeah. My mother told me about Mm. that one. (laughs) My mother was like, there's a grave over there. Yeah, that's that's scary. (laughs) But no, what's the devil's tree? In Bernard's, which is like, um, we're in like Basking Ridges. This is also obviously still in New Jersey. There's this creepy ass old tree. And it's it's known for being like an evil tree. I mean, I guess it has like a really like sinister evil past. Not that the tree itself has done anything, right? Obviously, it's humans who have done things. But the earliest story uh, that I'm aware of is that a farmer murdered his entire family and then hung himself from the tree. Bernard's is also known for back in the day being the New Jersey headquarters for the KKK. And the rumor is also that they did lynchings at that tree and like rituals in that area, whatever rituals or whatever stupid things they do. There have been like a bunch of suicides and murders that have taken place around the tree that have to do with the tree. Like it's just it's a it's a secluded area. Nothing like grows around the tree. They like people have tried to chop the tree down with axes and for some reason it's still standing. Like there's like an issue. That's why it's the devil's tree. That's a lot. That says a lot. It is a lot. Right. I mean, <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Damn, these urban, both of these urban legends have like some pretty horrible. Well, Mary Ellis's is more sad about her waiting. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. Another Reddit user commented in Florida, we had skunk ape. So we looked into what the skunk ape is. We looked into what the skunk ape is. Yeah. What is the skunk ape? Sorry. So apparently the skunk ape is a native of Florida and is also known as the Sasquatch of the Southeast or the cousin of the Bigfoot of Florida. And it's an ape-like creature that lives in swamps in the Southeast USA. Hmm. So wait, where, so 
where is Sasquatch or Bigfoot from? Like, aren't they from like, is that like Pacific Northwest or is that like Sasquatch? Do we know? Um, Sasquatch sounds very north. Yeah. 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 That makes sense because um, Northwest, the cooler climate with the hair and all of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the forest. Okay. Yeah. Like, are there recent sightings of skunk ape or like how far back do skump, skump, Jesus Christ. How far? I'm not used to the words skunk and ape going next to each other. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it seems like the first sighting was in 1974 by a guy named Dave Sheely, who still continues to actually research the skunk ape. And he actually has um, a research center down in Florida, which is kind of cool, called the Skunk Ape Research Headquarters. So why is it called the skunk ape? That's a good question. I I was wondering that. And I've only encountered a skunk once and it was somebody's pet. So, yeah. That's a good question. Hmm. Yeah. Does anybody know? Let us know if you know what the hell. I don't know. Yeah. What? Why they would call it skunk. Ape. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, did you look it up or not? Anybody Google it? I did. Yeah. I still can't find it. That was like the, still can't find that it. Was the first question I had is why is it called a skunk ape? <laughs> why is it called why is it yeah skunk i guess the other thing is what does it exactly look like does it look just like a sasquatch or a bigfoot or is it somewhat different from what i've seen it looks it looks kind of like a. it looks like a smaller sasquatch smaller sasquatch yeah not as big okay so this guy's like photo evidence of the skunk ape i saw like a mm-hmm. um like a footprint he had right I saw the footprint. Yeah, well, the the also the photo that he has is, I mean, it is a little grainy, but <laughs> they're always grainy. <laughs> True, <laughs> they're always like these grainy photos of like. <laughs> it's like, is it man in bear costume or is it a skunky? And like, okay, one picture, it just looks like a huge gorilla, but it's shaggy, very tall, and it's like six and a half to seven feet tall. So. Well, shit, that's pretty tall. And red-haired ape is what it's... Red-haired ape. Yep. Okay. Okay. Huh. So, yeah. So, so like, what, what area of Florida, or is it just, like, all over? There have been sightings. Is he the only... I mean, is he the only person researching this? Have there have been, like, numerous sightings of the skunk ape? Um. Uh, so, well, okay. So, it's in South Florida, um, in the Everglades. Okay. Oh shit! Well, okay, that that makes a little more so sense. It's like really in the swamps. Yeah. So, so another Reddit user told us about Emily's Bridge. They said we have Emily's Bridge. Legend is some poor girl named Emily was heartbroken, and died on the bridge. I've heard that she hanged herself and or, or jumped to her death. You can apparently see her spirit there she will scratch at your car and people have caught photos of emily so with this story it seems like the how she died and the why she died the reasons why she died have also like they change from story to story so this is another one where like the story evolves and changes just like we've we've discussed before I did look up Emily's Bridge, and this is what I found. So the bridge was built in 1844, 
It's in Stowe, Vermont. And the legend goes that Emily planned to elope with her lover and they were supposed to meet at the bridge. The actual name for the bridge is Gold Brook Bridge. So it's a covered bridge in Stowe, Vermont. Her lover never showed up and legend has it that Emily hanged herself from the rafters of the bridge. There have been sightings of Emily all around the bridge. And you would think that like because her her story is rather sad that she would kind of be like a sad spirit, but apparently she's more of a vengeful spirit, which is kind of disturbing. Um, because it does remind me of some of the stories we we talked about last time. But if she has like the, well, she has these long fingernails apparently, and she slashes cars as they go across the bridge. She even attacks people. So people will say that they have like scratch marks or something on their backs, like after they've crossed the bridge. Damn. That one's a bit rough. Like it it does remind me of Annie's Road here in Jersey, but I don't know. This one seems a little bit more violent. Like Annie had a violent death right on Annie's road, but it's a similar story of like, you know, the sad thing. And it's kind of also like Mary Ellis, right? This whole like waiting for your lover and they never show up or they never return. But yeah, I I mean, it's kind of freaky because like, I mean, there are stories like this in like a lot of parts of the country where you go across the bridge and something happens. But yeah, this is more violent. Yeah, I, I mean, also with Mary Alice, was she vengeful? She didn't. Re- no, right? No, this. No, yeah. there was no vengeful, vengefulness. It was just like it was just sad. Yeah, yeah this one yeah, seems this different. Really different. <laughs> might stay out of. Uh, might stay away from this bridge. Might stay out of Vermont. <laughs> I don't know. Another Reddit user said. Here in Chickamauga Battlefield, we have Green Eyes and Lady in White. So I looked into Green Eyes, and apparently the legend is called Old Green Eyes. And on Chickamauga Battlefield, which is on the border of Tennessee and Georgia, there's a ghost that haunts the battlefield in different forms. One is of a Confederate soldier, and one is of a panther with green eyes hence the name of the legend the these two forms are so very different and apparently it also stemmed from the story of a man losing his head to a cannonball and he's also looking for his dislocated body on the battlefield um yeah i don't know what else to say about that um (laughs) um okay so he's missing a head yeah he got decapitated by a cannonball so i'm guessing it was during a war. Um, yeah. <laughs> not just playing around with I'm cannonballs sorry. just for fun. So like, so is it that there have been sightings of a headless soldier, basically? No, I just see. Um, it's, uh, no, the sightings are just of the ghost, but that's the, the story. I don't know where the story stems from. So the ghost still has his head. It's a good question. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, if, if if he lost his head, so he's a headless ghost or he's a ghost, like, that, like, he, his head is 
now there well, because he's dead. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, one of the sightings was in 1976, and saw a man was like six feet tall, mm-hmm. um, had a head, <laughs> had hair, yeah. so had a head. Yeah. So okay, yeah. that's uh, interesting. I mean, is it possible that maybe like the ghost sighting is a different person? It could be like, headless guy. The strange thing about this one is that, um, you know, old green eyes. It, I mean, yeah, it's going to get to that comes in different yeah. um, different forms, like of a panther. So, I mean, that's just like really fucking creepy, like a panther, though, with green eyes. Like. Why a panther? I don't know. I'm wondering, is it actually of a panther? Um, or I mean, are these this is this are is this the same ghost? Maybe it's multiple different ghosts. Like I've never seen anything with freaking green eyes, um, like green glowing eyes or anything like that. That'd be disturbing. And I just I don't know. Something about the Panther one is weird and creepy and a little more like evil to me than just like a headless guy or like the ghost of a Civil War soldier. Um why? Why is it more evil or sinister? Because mm-hmm. it's a fucking panther. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I love like Civil War reenactments and Revolutionary War reenactments and all that kind of shit. Like I, I I'm a big history buff. Seeing the ghost of a Civil War soldier, I would probably think I'm hallucinating because oh well, I'm just you know because I'm here, I'm just imagining it and try and play it off like it's not really there. If I see a fucking panther if i see a panther i i'm no good anymore mm. um i mean no. I'm, I'm i'm no good anymore if i see a headless ghost anything a headless anything to be honest with you yeah well it seems like chickamauga battlefield has a lot of history because another legend is called lady in white and that seems like okay. pretty much any other lady in white urban legend <laughs> but that you know okay yeah tell us about it well it's a female ghost that wanders around a certain mm-hmm. hill on the battlefield because she's searching for her her dead husband okay was a soldier i would assume so at this point. <laughs> yeah 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 no <laughs> yeah they didn't get married like last weekend in the poconos but yeah that does seem like a like a pretty typical especially even like just i don't want to say civil war era i would say it's a very typical like sort of war urban legend kind of thing it's always like i mean but that's like a common thing in a lot of these stories like i've noticed even from the last episode you have like the the wife or the lover or the girl that's like waiting for the boyfriend or or the the soldier or sailor or husband and he doesn't show up or he dies in battle and there's like just this misery and despair and then that misery and despair that she felt carries on into the afterlife and now she's still around you know with that same energy i mean except for obviously the one who decided to take a violent turn and like hurt people but (laughs) but for the most part it seems to just be these really sad stories of like women waiting for their their man so the next reply we got was uh, kind of a creepy clown story, which um, I'm not a big fan of clowns, but I'm going to try to get through this one in one piece. Uh, 
before the clown outbreak within the last 10 years, when I was in high school in New England, there was a story of a girl babysitting who thought the kid had like just had a life-sized clown doll in his room. Turns out the clown was a real person and murderer. So the story goes. So, John, you heard about this one, too. Yeah, this um, this is super disturbing because this is also one of the more recent ones. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Like within the last 60 years, like the, the clown person slash killer could still be alive. It just reminds me of John Wayne Gacy. And uh, this is why I don't like clowns. Um, but isn't it like based on something like legit? Well, this one, this one's hard because there seems to be a few different stories about an intruder, you know, being in the house and a babysitter figuring out something, something's off and trying to protect the child that um, she or he is babysitting. Mm -hmm. But I did find something that did find something about um, someone a teenager babysitting for her family in Newport Beach, California. And she's in the room and um, there's a clown statue in the corner of the room, of the living room. She calls the dad and asks, hey, any chance we can just like switch rooms, um, like sleeping? Um, can I like sleep in a different room? Um, and the dad was like, what? Clown statue. Get the kids. Go next door and call 911. Are yeah. you serious? Holy shit. Like, that reminds me of, like, have you ever seen the documentary Killer Legends? No, it's on my list. Yeah, I, t I think I told you about it. Like, it, it, it does cover a lot of urban legends and, like, the true stories behind them. If you guys haven't seen Killer Legends, please check it out. I You might be able to find it on Amazon Prime or something like that. Uh, but... The, the guy who made it also made a documentary about Cropsey. So check that one out too. I don't remember his name, but he talks about urban legends where like, you know, the, the, I guess like, what is the movie that I'm thinking of? Um, oh man. Where it's like, there's the babysitter and somebody keeps calling her and mm. like, kind of like threatening her and, and and the kids and, and whatnot and she calls the cops and the cops trace the call and they're like get out of the house the calls are coming from inside the house like yeah. that kind of thing that um and it, that's yeah because that's like based on something that actually like happened and somebody broke in the house and killed the babysitter and like that, that's the you know like a true story and it's in the movie Killer Legend, so you can check it out. Another Reddit user commented, there's a mall here in my city in the Philippines where it was built on top of a cemetery. A radio jockey heard about the ghost stories about, these, about this place and wanted to call bullshit for the audience. So he went there himself with a friend and ended up watching a movie to see for himself if there were actual ghost sightings. The movie ended without any sightings and... As they exited the theater, they had small talk with the security guard saying, there's a lot of people watching this late at night, huh? And the guard replied, sir, 
you were the only two guests in the theater. This one <laughs> is international. So I looked into it a bit. And this is modern day Harrison Plaza in Manila, Philippines. So Ooh. apparently. It, mm-hmm. So was it actually built it was, on a cemetery? It was built on a Whoa. cemetery okay. and it's one of the oldest um, or it was one of the first malls built in the Philippines. Apparently the cemetery. Yeah. The cemetery was destroyed um, during World War II and cleared of the oh grave. And then they built the mall. Wow. about that? That's that's crazy. So like it's it's kind of like poltergeist, but a mall. <laughs> um I love stories like that. Yeah. Well, question for you. Would you go to the mall and shop? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You and you wouldn't be scared. I mean, the fact that like you're in a theater, you see all these people and the security guard like when you leave the theater he's like what are you talking about <laughs> that would freak me out so bad like i would i don't know i'd lose my shit i think yeah that that person's gonna need therapy for the rest of their life because like i can see like shopping at the mall right like if people are just blending in like oh they're people <laughs> see like dead people walking around but oh they're just people because you don't know i mean maybe they don't have shopping bags maybe they're not dressed in the appropriate attire of of like they're not dressed in the fashions of the day but i don't know something about being in a space with the with like dead spirits for an hour and a half watching a movie is a bit much like why are they also watching a movie but that's a whole nother question i guess yeah dead people do watch movies i assume i assume they see what's coming out They're going to go see that new Tom Cruise. You're supposed to laugh, (laughs) (laughs) Chanti. Okay. We had a great conversation with Tex about the paranormal and about cryptids. And thanks to everyone who sent in their stories about urban legends. We, I know I learned a few things. Oh yeah, there were some good ones in there. Mm Mm-hmm. From all over the world. Don't forget to check out Texas podcast, Texas Front Porch, as well as all the other podcasts they have going on over there at Trinity Paracrypted Research. And thanks to, yeah, everybody who submitted their stories. As always, you can like, subscribe, follow on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can listen to us, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Halloween. Stay safe out there. Happy Halloween, everyone.